this past week, um, I think in the five and a half years, nearly five and a half years I've been your pastor, I have never been more blessed by watching you serve in different capacities this week. I've never been more proud, if I can say that, of this body of Christ than I have been this past week. First of all, all the people, well over a hundred people that helped and come to the fire, it was a privilege to watch you serve. Uh, God bless you. And then what God did in that, in that um, convention or that, those services, it was just a, just a joy to be a little bit apart, be a little part of that. Then as you, as you served and ministered to a grieving family, um, I just, my, my heart was full. And I just want to thank you for the way that God used you this week. And then upwards on Saturday. I just am so grateful for those of you that have really put yourself out there every Saturday for, what, nine, ten weeks to minister to people. And I just, I just my heart was full this week. And, and I just want to, I just want to pause and pray and thank God for you. Father, <clears throat> I want to thank you for this body of Christ. What a privilege it is for me to be connected to these folks, Lord. I thank you for what you have helped us with this week in, in many different ways. It was an emotional roller coaster this week for many. And Lord, I just ask that you'd continue to help us be the church. Help us to learn more what it means to be your church in your world today. Thank you again, Lord, for each one of these folks, my brothers and sisters in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> the family of God, the body of Christ, followers of God, followers of Christ, Christ followers. What does all that mean? What does that look like? We throw those phrases around quite a bit in places like this. Followers of Christ. The body of Christ. The family of God. I've been wondering lately if we really know what it means to truly be a child of God. A follower of Christ. If we really know what it means to call ourselves the body of Christ. Do you know what that means? Anyone know what that means to be the body of Christ? I guess another question that I have that's been going around in my mind is, is should there be a noticeable difference with people between people that that claim to follow Christ and people who don't? Should there be a noticeable difference? Or are we just to blend in? Not make waves? Keep our mouths shut? What do you think? What does it mean to belong to God? See, I've been having this ache in my heart. I've been having this longing in my soul, in the depths of my soul, to really get this right. I don't know about you, but, but I've just had this, this desire 
to be closer to God than I've ever been before. How about you? I've had this, I've had this longing in my heart that when somebody calls me a follower of Christ, it means something. This morning, we find ourselves in 1 John chapter 3 as we continue our journey through 1 John. 1 John chapter 3. I like verse 1. 1 John chapter 3 verse 1. I love that verse. As a matter of fact, it is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. There's many of them, but this is one of them. And it says this, How great is the love the Father has. Oh, lavished. Did I do that okay? Lavished on us that we should be called children of God. You see, here, here's, here's kind of what happens. I hear the The message from God, the gospel is preached or spoken or shared with me. There's a tug on my heart and I open my heart to Jesus Christ and He comes in, forgives me of my sins and God sees that, He's part of that, He's involved in all of that and He sees me accept Christ as my personal Savior and He gets this great big bucket. You know if it's God's bucket, it's got to be big. He gets this great big bucket and He fills it with His love. He sees me giving my heart to Him and and inviting Jesus. And He gets this big bucket and He fills it with His love and He just dumps it all over me. And it goes down my face and over my shoulders and across my body and past my waist and down past my knees and fills up my shoes and makes a big puddle on the floor as God lavishes His love on me. See, God just doesn't do it a little bit. He doesn't do it just barely. He lavishes His love. On me. Wouldn't you think that a God who would do that to you and me would expect us to live a holy life? Lavishes His love on me. You see, God's love can change the world. I don't know if you've ever seen that. I've seen it. I've seen God's love change the direction of a person's life dramatically. The complete turnaround, that's what God's love can do. Now this this amazing truth that we're going to hear of today will help us understand what it means. To be part of the body of Christ. What does that mean? You see, we started a few weeks ago, four weeks ago, with God is life. God is life. God is is life more abundant. He is eternal life. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. He said that I am the way, the truth, and the life. God is life. If you want to truly live in this world, if you want to truly live in this world like never before, like you've never experienced it before, grab on to God, embrace Him with all your heart, and walk in the light. 
The next week we talked about God is light. We talked about that there's a light from God that is shining into this dark world. And it's our responsibility as his followers to find that light and walk in it. Let his light illuminate our lives, illuminate our paths, so that we can know how to walk as Jesus walked. Walk in the light. The next week we talked about God in the flesh. Someone said that Jesus was God with flesh on, with skin on. When Jesus went back to be with the Father, to sit at the right hand of the Father and intercede on your behalf and on my behalf, He gave us that job. He gave us the job of being Jesus in our world. You could say that now we are Jesus with skin on. God in the flesh. Then we talked last week about God is truth. You know how to spell truth? G-O-D. God is truth. This morning, John tells us, among other things, that God is pure or holy. Verse 3. Verse 3 says, Everyone who has this hope in Him purifies himself just as He is Pure. God is pure or holy. Many times in the, in the Word of God, God is, is, is described as holy. Psalm 145 says, The Lord is righteous in all His ways and holy in all His works. You may remember that Isaiah caught a glimpse into the throne room of God. I'm still praying for that. He caught a glimpse into the throne room of God. And, and as, he, as he peered into that, that amazing sight, he saw these seraphs hovering around the throne of God. He saw them and heard them say to each other as they were hovering around God, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. See, God is pure. God is holy. In Leviticus, way back in the, the Old Testament, the third book of the Bible, one of the five books of the Torah, the law, in Leviticus, God says three times, I am holy. And every time He says it, before He says those three words, He prefaces it, prefaces, before it, He says, my people are to be holy too. He says in the first place in Leviticus, he says, where does he say that? He says, be holy because I am holy. The second place, he says, be holy because I, the Lord your God, am holy. The third place, he says, be holy because I am the Lord your God. God expects his people to be holy. I thought somebody would say, go get them, Pastor. Preach it, Pastor. Lay it on us, Pastor. God expects His people to be holy. God is pure. What does it look like to be in the body of Christ? What does it mean for us to be a Christ follower this day and age? What does it mean? It means the same now as it did back then. Be holy, for God is holy. You see, any God who is described as love and who would 
have the audacity to lavish that world-changing love on us? Is it too much of a stretch for you to understand that He expects us to be holy? To walk in the light? To walk as Jesus walked? What does it mean to be a Christ follower today? It means to be holy, for God is holy. Now, there are people that are in the church, in the body of Christ today, that just don't like that word holy. You say holy, be holy, and you go, be holy. You know, it kind of, kind of gets them. But don't, don't be afraid of that word holy. Don't shy away from that word holy, because if God commands something, He also provides a way to accomplish it in your life and mine. He doesn't just hang us out there to dry and give us a command and then stand back and laugh at us. He provides a way to accomplish it in your life and mine. Verse 4, John gives us a definition of sin. It's a clear definition of sin. In verse 4, John says, Everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. You see, the problem is that the problem has always been sin, and the solution has always been Jesus Christ. That's God's solution for the the problem of sin. He sent Jesus Christ into our world to take away our sins. So what does it mean to be part of the body of Christ? It means today that we are law-abiding citizens in the family of God, in the kingdom of God. Does that mean we don't mess up now and then, or stumble along the way, or maybe even sin? No, of course not. It doesn't mean that. But it does mean that when you hang around God's people for any period of time, it's pretty obvious that who they love and who they follow and who their father is because they're walking in the light. They are holy, law-abiding citizens. And it's obvious. Their lives clearly point people to the father. And in most cases, they don't even have to say anything. Their consistent life points people to Christ. You see, I've had this longing lately to really get this right. To really be part of the body of Christ the way God defines it. I've really lately just asked God to teach me new things. To open up new spiritual levels for me. To take me places I've never been before. Have you been praying that? Verses 7 through 9 says this. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. He who does what is right is righteous just as he is righteous. He who does what is sinful is of the devil because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. No one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in him. He cannot go on sinning because he has been born 
of God. (laughs) Verse 6 says, No one who lives in Christ keeps on sinning. Are you kidding me? Is John actually saying that we can live a life free from sin? Is John actually saying that he believes that we can live and not sin? How can he say that? He can say that because he knows that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. And when Jesus comes to do something, He does it all the way. He accomplishes what He sets out to do. Brothers and sisters, far too many people in the body of Christ are living far below the provision of God for us as His followers. Far too many of us are sitting here and saying, good enough, far enough, I'm done. And yet God has this, this, this mountain, this, this level, this, this place where He wants to take us that many of His followers refuse to go. We're happy with being cultural Christians or social Christians. We're happy with hanging out with God's people. We're happy with wearing the label on a few days of the week and doing our own thing other days of the week. We just live like that. And frankly, it makes God sick. And it's getting to the place where it makes me sick too. I have this goal, this dream, this hope, this prayer, that someday... I will be blessed to be part of a church where everyone's faithful. (laughs) And in this context, brothers and sisters, in this context, what does it mean to be faithful? It means that all of us are open and ready and willing to let God do His next work of grace in us. It's almost like we're walking with God and we're saying, Hey God, bring it on! What's next? Is that you? Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. I run into followers of Christ. Maybe there's some here this morning. I run into followers of Christ who seem to be willing to live Defeated lives. Seems like that I run into Christians every now and then that hang on to addictions, for example. I don't know why. We serve a God that can set us free. And yet, some Christians are are okay, I guess. Maybe that's not the right way to say it. I have resigned themselves to the fact that this is just the way it is for me. I, I, I don't live with this addiction. That's just the way it is. Can I say this again? That makes me sick. It breaks my heart. Because God can set us free. 
I mean, he's a God that, that takes this love, this love that can change the world and transform people, and he lavishes it on us. There are other Christians that seem to be okay with living with negative, critical spirits. Or, what's worse, if that's possible, I guess, is some of us in our homes, in homes of people that claim to be followers of Christ, some of them, some of them, according to statistics, there's abuse that goes on in the homes of people that claim to be gods. That wouldn't be any of us, would it? You see, that kind of stuff, brothers and sisters, hey, I'm not perfect, I'm far from it. But that kind of stuff makes me sick. It actually makes me ill. I'm not using that as a phrase. I get this knot in the pit of my stomach. I can't help it. When I understand that somebody that's trying to live a life that is pleasing to Christ, yet hangs on to these other things that God can set them free from, I just get this God. You see, what's my point today? My point is God is pure. He is holy. He has everything you need to help you to get to the place where he's calling you to be. God has all of that. He has provided everything you need to get to the place where you can be victorious over your situation. Absolutely. No question about it. Walk in the light. Verse 10. This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not a child of God. Neither is anyone who does not love his brother. So apparently, there's two ways, according to John, that you can tell a child of God apart from a child of the devil or a child of the world or whatever, however you want to say it. There's two ways. There's two characteristics that are different. Righteousness and love. Righteousness and love. And then John dives into a whole section after this where he talks about loving one another. (laughs) Get a life, John. Man, we've heard that all before. Love one another. Blah, blah, blah. Righteousness and love. I have this prayer. Someday that I will be part of a church where everyone is seeking God with all their heart, including me. Father, oh my Father, my Father, who art in heaven, but also who is with us right now. My Father, who has provided for us, His children, everything we need. Our Father, my Father, who lavishes His love on us freely, 
Would you help us, Lord, as your children? I don't know. Would you just make us all sick, Lord? Would you make us all sick when we don't follow you faithfully? I don't know. Would you help us to stand up in our world and say, follow me as I follow the example of Christ? Help us to receive what you have for us, Lord. Help us to claim what you have for us. Help us to live in it. Help us to walk in the light. Lord, I want to thank you for those places in your word that give us encouragement, like the place that says your grace is sufficient for people like us. I want to thank you for the place in your word that says that we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. I want to thank you, Lord, for the place in your Bible where it says, greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. I want to thank you in your Bible, Lord, for the phrase that goes like this, with God, all things are possible. Lord, with a God like that, nothing, nothing is too hard for us. Father, Would you call us loudly to a deeper, more intimate walk with Christ? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Do we really know what it means to follow Christ? I have a hunch that we all do. (laughs) But we're not all willing to go there. You're asking me too much, God. I'd have to give up too much. Not now. Later, God. What we don't understand is that what God is calling us to do, where God is calling us to go, is what we were created for. I resist. God, take the chains. Take the chains. Break them. When we are in Christ, the old has gone. Anybody want to finish it? Behold, all things have become new. My prayer for us this morning is that We would all this morning, before we leave, give God an honest chance, an honest chance, and stick with it. We will be eternally grateful. As we... Oh, God. As we finish our service in prayer, we're going to bow before the Father. Perhaps there's some here this morning that just need to reconnect with God. Not that you're bad people or anything like that. You just want to just bow at His feet again and reconnect. Or maybe you just want to come and say, Lord, would you fill me with your Spirit? Or maybe you want to do something like a, a man did in the first service who came and knelt here and gave his heart to Jesus Christ. Somebody say, Amen. Right here, right here. 
Maybe there's somebody like that here this morning. Are you sick? You got this longing to be all that God wants you to be? Maybe you want to come and talk to God about that. Also, you may have a burden on your heart and life that you want to just lay before the Father again. If you want to come and kneel before the Father, please do. As we bow our heads and our hearts this morning, you come and kneel before the Lord.